1: bundled savings variant are not available in every state coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpresscom slash with amex
2: What is going on, everybody? Three and Out Podcast with me, your boy, John Middlecoff. Uh, About 8.30 at night, Najee Harris, my former neighbor here in the East Bay in Northern California, just busted off a long run as I texted a buddy in the NFL. This guy was committed to the University of Alabama at like 16 years old in Antioch, California. That's where Nick Saban... So you Think how good you got to be to be committed as like a junior sophomore in high school to Alabama living in Northern California at running back. Hint, good. <laughs> He's sweet. Obviously, Roethlisberger is the big story tonight. The Browns, no playoffs. Adios, had a cool little one-year wonder. A uh, lot going on today. Belichick, FU season. Eagles, Sirianni, Roseman, big year. The NFC playoff picture, uh, some Raiders, Chargers stuff. A lot of pressure this weekend on the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence and the debacle that is the Jaguars season. Dive in a little bit there. Uh, Middlecoff mailbag, always do it at the end. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. We're going to start, I think, on Wednesday. At least incorporating early on with PJ Tour golf season starting again. I'm going to start doing a golf podcast just on this feed. So if you like golf, uh, you know, probably hit on some... You know, relevant stories, some players, the tournament that week, some gambling stuff. I'm a big gambler in golf. Ultimately, I'm a golf lover. I'm a football golf business guy. Have a huge trip this weekend planned in Southern California. Uh, It's going to be awesome. I'll probably talk about that next week. Don't want to jinx it because, you know, I'm going to some pretty sweet courses that, uh, you know, I got some friends, as Garth Brooks would say, in low places. Have a few in high ones as well. And then I'm going to cap the weekend off by a little Niners-Rams And let me tell you, that ticket, going with a couple people, was not cheap. Uh, But fired up to see SoFi Stadium. If Kyle doesn't start Trey Lance, I will not be happy. Uh, But Playoff game. Rams, Niners, fired up. So big week. I'm excited. Uh, Trek down to Southern California, take in some golf, and then some football. But let's start with Monday Night Football. And listen, from a pure playing standpoint, all you ever want in a high pick... Is to get a franchise quarterback. And obviously they come in nowadays in all shapes and sizes, right? From Kyler Murray to Justin Herbert. But I would say for the most part, they tend to be bigger guys, right? Even Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, they are much, much bigger than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson are somewhat outliers. But Big Ben is also an outlier. Where do you find humans that are six foot six, 260, 270 pounds? Who in his younger days could run with a massive arm and was just a winner. Like quarterback wins and losses is not necessarily a quarterback stat, but it definitely is reflective of how a quarterback, especially when he plays and is the starter for a long time, how good the guy is. Now, Roethlisberger benefited from going to one of the most stable organizations in all of American business, whether it's sports, whether it's retail whether it's car, you, you name it. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a model franchise for this country. But when Roethlisberger went there, let's face it, he helped take them to another level. On Big Ben's watch, when he's been the starter, since 2004, he's 163-80-1. and one. He has 13 playoff victories. Now, he's lost nine playoff games, but he's, he's over 500 in the playoffs. And I think we can all agree... If you watch Roethlisberger, what he is now, and listen, I'm not, I, I don't judge you on your lowest moment. And as a player, a lot of times your lowest moment, especially a great player, is at the end of your career. You're a shell of yourself. It's the unique part about playing professional athletics. Most of us, right, I just turned 37. Hopefully my prime is in like 20 fucking years. I'm a long way away from it. I can do this, what I do for a long period of time. Anyone listening, in any form of business that you're in, you should get better with age. Where a lot of athletes, you know, in, in Roethlisberger's day, you kind of peaked at like late 20s, early 30s. Now, with health and obviously Roethlisberger, you know, he's like some cheeseburgers and some beer. But he got he played till 39. Now, the last several years have have been rough. But I'll never forget what I witnessed for him in the peak of his powers for like a 10-year period. I just don't know if we're going to see another guy quite like that. And plus his unique story coming from uh, a smaller school, a Mac school, Miami of Ohio. But getting drafted that high, being that dominant of a player, and being a guy, I always judge you on this. Like, I'm not the biggest Cam Newton fan, but I always feared him in big games because of his elite attributes and elite talent. And Roethlisberger was on a completely different level, but I don't care. And obviously the uh, the Patriots owned him in his career in the playoffs. But I, I, there wasn't many times when I watched him play in a big game, regular season or the playoffs where you didn't have faith that guy was going to make a play. And just because his style, he could kill you from the pocket, he could scramble and he could break tackles. He was the size of a defensive lineman. You know we're seeing you saw CJ Stroud. You saw Bryce Young, you know the Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, like the quarterbacks that are coming into the sport. Hell, Caleb Williams, who's now in the transfer portal, he's like six foot one. A lot more quarterbacks now tend to be kind of smaller, athletic guys. Roethlisberger was basically built like a defensive tackle, who could sling it, who was accurate, and who played in the toughest division in the league. Think about him and the Ravens. I mean, that's one for my generation, probably the most consistent rivalry of the last twenty years. And when I worked in the NFL, it was like in the peak of its powers. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. They were both good. They were both Super Bowl contenders. And they had what felt like Mike Tyson fighting Mike Tyson. And they had a chance every time because they had that guy. And when I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, I didn't grow up on Mean Joe Green. I didn't grow up on Terry Bradshaw. Right? I I didn't grow up, you know, I guess I did kind of on like Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green and some of those guys. But I'll remember Roethlisberger. When I close my eyes and I say the Pittsburgh Steelers, all think Big Ben. And he had an incredible career. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's, you know, a, I think the best way you can describe any player is this guy's a winner. And that's what Roethlisberger was. Now, if you want to remember him for the last several years, you're not going to look at him the same. And I actually think it's pretty impressive what the Steelers have been able to do. For the last several years, he's been a shell of himself. He got injured the one year. And it speaks to the organization, the culture. Whoever gets to go there next as a rookie quarterback who's ever drafted there in the next couple years, the day they're drafted, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm not religious, should head right to church and get down on their knees and say some thank yous to the man upstairs. Because that place makes careers. The stability, the just organizational ethos and mindset like, there's just a standard. Like, it, the standard is the standard. You know, it's cheesy. They say it like Alabama. But it's true at Pittsburgh. And even this year, where you watch them, their offensive line's not very good. Roethlisberger, at this point in time, is not very good. And they're still going to be at worst 500. Look at, the, look at the Browns, who had an infinitely better roster coming into the season and throughout the majority of the season. Yet they're going to finish under 500. Now, part of that is the quarterback they drafted number one overall just is a guy. You know, stand him up right next to Roethlisberger. It'd be like standing Shaq next to Steph Curry. That's what it would look like. Now, like I said, you don't need to be huge to play quarterback, but it helps. You know, I'd rather have a 6'3", 6'4", guy than a 5'11", guy. You know, I would say, listen, Russell Wilson's the best short guy we've ever seen. And he ain't Rodgers. He ain't Brady. Hell, he's not even Roethlisberger. And he's awesome. He's one of my favorite players ever. But if you told me I'd get both guys at 22 years old, I'd take Roethlisberger. I would take Roethlisberger. I mean, really, he kind of gets, I would say, somewhat overlooked in his generation just because he played with against Brady and Manning and then Rodgers. Like, those were the headliners in his division. Or, I mean, in his era. Brady, best quarterback of all time. Rodgers and Manning, top five quarterbacks of all time. I mean, he'd be, basically, he just didn't play with Marino and Elway in Montana. Like, that that's the group right there. Roethlisberger played with them all, and he belonged. And uh, it was a joy to watch as a football fan. And it just shows you like there's something that the Steelers have that the Browns don't. And you know they they clearly I think they have a smart general manager. I think they have a really good coach, but they have a quarterback situation that's a major question mark. And I don't know how you fix that. And like I said, you just kind of ride it out. You know, there's not many uh, op this isn't, this isn't college football. There's not a transfer portal. Because I think if there was, they would go to the transfer portal and they'd find a quarterback. And they go, Baker, you know, I think we recommend you check out the transfer portal. See if there's anything in there for you. But that's not possible. They bring him back and hopefully they can keep him healthy and, you know, compete for a wild card spot. But, you know, the Steelers are going to need a quarterback. We know Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson are in a completely different universe than Baker. Uh, and you just hope your, you, you know, your coach and your infrastructure and your roster is good enough, and you can either, you know, keep Baker healthy or try to improve that position, because, you know, it, it's it shows you it's very very difficult to make the playoffs. It, it really is. It's very very difficult. I would say in any walk of life to consistently win, right? It, it's easy to be a one hit wonder in anything you do. It, it's hard to year in year out consistently be in the mix. That's why would Belichick and Brady have done will never be replicated. It it just won't. You know, hell, you're seeing it, you know, the third straight year of trying to make the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, like it's hard. And they're they're awesome. I mean, they got Mahomes and Andy. It's it's a mother. It's tough. This game is really really hard. Your opponents, even the shitty ones, make a lot of money, drive nice cars and live in big homes as well. And their coaches stay up all night and game plan all week. So it just the game, the the margin for error is very, very small. And when we think the thing with football, unlike basketball, I, I mean, it happens in other sports and baseball. But when I, I thought the Browns were going to be like a locked 12-win team, part of it's some COVID weirdness, but a, a huge part of it was, is Baker was kind of a train wreck this season. And I'm not, coward, some huge Baker hater, but you have to acknowledge his physical skill set is just not like the top guys, you know? Even if you're a Browns fan, if you could pick... You know, you had your pick of the litter. Even if you didn't have a pick of the top 10 of the litter of the next 10, I don't know if he's going to be one of your picks. You, there'd be a lot of quarterbacks in the league that you'd want on your squad before him. And anytime that is an issue, you got a major problem on your hand. I mean, you just do. You, you can't be good at football in 2021, 2022, moving forward with a question mark at quarterback, right? You, you can't run with a broken foot. You know, you can't write without a pen or pencil. Like it's, it's just a basic, you know, premise right now of the sport. To win at football, you need a good quarterback. You probably need a borderline Pro Bowler every single year. And if you're going to win big, you you just need an All Star. You know, probably a future Hall of Famer. If you don't have one, you probably should spend every single minute of your existence, if you work in the business, trying to find one. <laughs> Let's start with Bill Belichick. And let's face it, he had a pretty awesome FU season because last year it couldn't have gone much better for Tom Brady, right? He goes to a new team who had been pretty terrible. He then takes them to the playoffs, beats the Saints on the road. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, ends Drew Brees' career. Goes to Green Bay, the number one seed with the MVP of the league, takes him down. Then he goes to the Super Bowl, and beats Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's face it, like, if you were a bit bit of a Bill Belichick hater, it would have been an easy time to go, it's all Brady. Or at least, like, you know, 70-30 split, Brady was the guy behind it. And I think, for those of us lovers of the profession of coaching, for those of us that have followed football you know, very, very closely, it was obvious that Bill Belichick played a big role. But, The results were the results. It was impossible to argue that Brady's legacy, he was already in like a pantheon of Jordan, Babe Ruth, and like Tiger Woods, even went to another level. And Bill had a 7 and nineteen. I started following on Instagram. I don't know when, but probably within the last couple months. Bezos' new girlfriend, good looking, kind of older lady. She's probably like, you know, early 50s. Got a little work done, but I mean, she's good looking. I can't even imagine being her ex-husband or ex-boyfriend, I would imagine she's been married before, looking at her on Instagram. Like, even if you're doing well. Like, you're a multimillionaire, you Your kids love you. You're healthy. Maybe you have a new wife or girlfriend. Your ex is still dating, I think he's the second richest man in the world right now. And Bezos obviously skinny now, jacked, unlimited resources. It's gotta sting a little bit. And Belichick came back with an all-time FU season. He goes out in free agency, unlike he ever does, and he signs all these dudes. And the majority of them worked. I mean, Judon's been awesome. Hunter Henry's been good. He makes a trade for the big offensive lineman from the Raiders. Uh, it was it worked out well. But it's quarterback situation, and let's face it, it's a quarterback league. Like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He was patient. Most bi- great business deals happen when you are pretty patient. And Belichick is historically very patient when it comes to free agency, when it comes to the draft. He lets it come to him. He doesn't get over-aggressive. I mean, he did in free agency, but this was really the first time. It was an outlier in his career. And he got Mac Jones. And even early in the season, you could tell, I think, when they started a little slow, they lost a couple tight games. I don't know, man. You know, because I had picked him to make the playoffs before the season. But then he figured it out. He built the team around defense and the running game. Mac kind of came into a little zone, knew exactly what he had to do for them not to lose games. Then this season, I think... When I think of the biggest win of the season, let me rephrase that. The most impressive win of the season, it was Belichick's signature Monday night game at Buffalo. His quarterback threw the ball three times, he ran it down their throat, and he won in a windstorm. It was freezing cold. Like, I think that was the signature win of the season. He's 10-6 and right now. There's a very, very good chance he's going to be 11-6. and He plays the Miami Dolphins, though, historically, Miami's given the Patriots under Tom Brady... A lot of trouble down there. But if he wins this game, he'll be 11-6. and six. And we'll see how the matchups play out, right? If the, the Bills play the Jets, they're going to win the division. The Patriots would be the five seed. There's no lock, depending on who they play, they even win a playoff game. But I think we can take a step back and acknowledge how impressive Belichick has been. And if for whatever reason that Jets team can build off what they just did against Tampa and somehow upset the Bills, who feel a little off-kilter, like watching that game against Atlanta... They were just off. I mean, that that I don't know if the Falcons were feisty or Josh Allen was just having one of the worst games of a season because he is just coming off one of the best games of a season. A little bizarre. So it's not inconceivable that the Patriots win the division, but even if they go 11 and 6 and win the five, win the five seed over teams like the Ravens, the Colts, the Chargers, I, I think we need to tip our hat to the guy and acknowledge that we'll never truly know the split. Was it 55-45? Was it 50-50? Was it 60-40? But just know it was a legit partnership. Like sometimes we love doing this with two athletes. I was lucky when I was a kid. I lived in Davis, California, which is right next to Sacramento. So the Sacramento Kings got good in the late 90s. And when when you live in a smaller town, if you have one pro team, it's like having the Yankees, the Lakers, or the Cowboys in your backyard. So the moment they get good, everyone's all in. And obviously, that was the time of Kobe and Shaq. And forever after the fact, people argue Kobe or Shaq. And I always argued, like, I went to some of those games and I was lucky enough to go to a couple playoff games. Shaquille O'Neal was by far the most dominant player on that team. But obviously, Kobe played a huge role. Like, what was the split? I don't know. Can't we just acknowledge they needed them both? Like, they couldn't have done it without either one? Like, it's okay to say that, right? Sometimes, you know, there's Michael and there's Scotty, right? There, there's, there was Brady, and then there was every other player. But sometimes it's like, I, we watched Bill Belichick coach all those games with Tom Brady and consistently have curveballs or game plans defensively. Who's the Patriots defensive coordinator? It's Belichick. So when their defense is this good, he deserves extra credit. He's, he's probably the most unique CEO coach we've ever seen. Because I, I was watching within the last couple of weeks, someone said on the broadcast, and they're right, he can coach every position. Literally every position, from kicker to punter to long snapper to the quarterback to the right guard to the linebacker to the defensive tackle to the safety to the corner. I don't think there's any guy in the league history that could do that. So I'm just glad that the conversation has simmered and Belichick is, I guess, as crazy as to say, but like earned his respect back because he's he's too great of a coach to to act like he was you know, some uh, some beta in this whole situation over the last 20 years. With the Patriots winning 10 games, he's now, now again, Brady was a huge part of this, 20th season of 10 games or more. 20th season of 10 games or more. Just a uh, outstanding accomplishment. And I'm glad, you know, those 20 years, you know, I've been a teenager to where I'm sitting now. I've got to experience a lot of it. And it's been very, very cool. And it's hard not to have the ultimate respect for that organization, And it all starts with him. He sets the tone for the whole thing.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users j-o-h-n that's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free terms and conditions apply ebay motors is here for the ride you know what i remember about my first car is that the moment i got it i wanted to improve it because like most 16 year old kids you don't exactly get a luxury automobile so you look at it you go well i need to add some speakers i need to tint out the windows at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller Uh, The other thing before we get into just kind of the NFC at large is the Eagles officially made the playoffs. And I I have, you know, unique insight on this because the first, my only job in the NFL was working for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I was hired by Howie Roseman. And I remember the day I interviewed, he said, anytime the head coach walks down here and gives a guy a recommendation because Pat Hill had called Andy Reid, you got a pretty good chance for the job. Luckily, crushed that interview, got hired the day of my interview. It's pretty intimidating when you interview in the NFL because there you like you show up for breakfast for the interview that day. And like your suit, you're all nervous. You're like 23, 24 years old. And there's like four other of you sitting there. You're like, God damn. And then you realize like once you start working in the NFL, like that's how player tryouts happen. You know, that's how the draft happens. It's a very cutthroat league. It's an eye opening experience. But I, I worked, you know, my first year on the job the way the Eagles set up, I can only speak for that setup. You know, you're you're the lowest guy in the totem pole in the scouting department, but you're you work in the office every day. You basically, you know, in a weird way, are the GM's assistant. And then my next year, I became a true pro scout, but I still, you know, Howie's office was right there, and I've you know been lucky enough, you know, be around Andy Reid, be around Coach Hill. Uh, but even when I was a kid, like I, I think I have a pretty good. My, my dad worked for one of the biggest farmers in America. Now, they had gone through some, you know, the recession of like the 80s, and they were a little older at the time. But at one point in time in the 70s, no one was a bigger farmer. My best friend in high school, uh, and still one of my good friends today, his dad was, you know, as we, I think, either junior high or maybe in high school, had kind of climbed up the corporate ladder and became a CEO of this big health uh, care chain in California. So it's like, I had a pretty good idea of what success looked like from, from older people, in my teenage years and growing up. And then obviously I was around them in my professional years working for uh, accomplished head coaches. And I know how he takes a lot of shit publicly. I think he's very impressive. And we've butted heads before when he was hard to work for. He was very demanding. He was this hard-charging, relentless New York personality. And I'm, you know, from California. It It was a unique new experience for me that I'd never been around a guy quite like that. But I remember always hearing like he gets kind of lumped into this analytical crew. And obviously numbers are a big part of what the Eagles have always done. And he started as a capologist. Like he didn't play in the NFL. Uh, He started, I think he got his law degree and that's how he came up and worked his way up to become the GM. But I had a front row seat watching how hard this guy worked. One of watching film and two of just his, not. I was in meetings with him, whether it was draft meetings, whether it was free agent meetings, whether it was just waiver wire meetings. This guy knew the league as well as anyone, obviously, I'd ever seen. And I always thought, like, God, this guy knows his shit. And he's really smart. And he's really relentless. Like, he has a lot of qualities that are a big reason. Now, he's been the general manager post-Chip Kelly of a team that has been to the playoffs with multiple head coaches. They just transitioned from Carson Wentz, a guy that he went all in on, to be the number two overall pick. And they had a quarterback in the hopper that I did not believe in, I thought would have been a running back, and they just made the playoffs with the guy. That, that's I, that's pretty nuts. Now, I know their schedule has been pretty conducive over the last month. They played the Jets, they played the Giants, they played the football team, but they've won all the games. And here's the one thing Howie knows when he's building a team. You know where they're really good? The line of scrimmage. You know where football is typically won? The line of scrimmage. They have a really good defensive line. Remember, they lost Brandon Graham the heart and soul of their defense, like week one or week two, Torres Achilles, gone for the season. It was week two because it was against the 49ers. Bye-bye. But they have drafted and invested so much in their defensive line, they had reinforcements. And then offensive line, they have, you know, one of the best players in the history of the franchise, Kelsey's their center. Lane Johnson, franchise right tackle. They draft a tackle two years ago, Dillard, in the first round from Washington State. He just, you know, turns out He's okay. But they had signed this Australian who was this rugby player who's basically become the Australian Trent Williams. And they draft Landon Dickerson in the second round coming off an ACL. So when they lose Brandon Brooks, they have some injuries, they get more reinforcements. And that, to me, has been their point of difference. And then, oh, yeah, they've actually... And I know he took a lot of shit for the Jalen Rager pick. And obviously, if they could do a redo, they would have taken Justin Jefferson. It happens, right? And sometimes... If it happens at wide receiver, you can overcome it. If it ha- if it's Tua and Herbert, not overcomable. So this year they draft Devontae Smith. He's sweet. They draft the running back from Miss uh, Memphis. He's sweet. They have Jalen Sanders from Penn State. He's sweet. Goddard, he's really sweet. <laughs> I mean, they just got dudes. They have a lot of talent on their team. And then uh, I watched the 49ers. They have no corners. Well, he has Darius Slay that he traded for for a third-round pick. This guy knows how to build a team. Now, he's always going to be polarizing. I think there's just a nature of that when you aren't, quote unquote, and I don't even know what this means anymore, a football guy, right? But even though I've seen it firsthand, like, I think he's a football guy. Now, there are maybe guys that are more football guy-ish, like Mike Zimmer or I don't even know, you know, John Gruden, you know. But this guy understands football and understands value better than or equally as well as anyone in the league. And that is the job of a general manager. So I was like, who can play? What can we pay this guy? Well, if you're overpaying the wrong position or you're paying a guy $3 million too much per year and you're bidding against nobody, you're wasting vital salary cap space. And everyone's going to make decisions. But he understands his relationships with agents are excellent. And now he's in a position where They play Dallas. We'll see. I saw McCarthy say he's going to play his starters. Even if they go 9-8, and I think most of us, including myself, thought the Eagles were going to win like four games. And now somehow they got into the playoffs before Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan. So, and he hired Nick Sirianni. And let's not forget about Nick Sirianni. The front office deserves credit on that. And Nick Sirianni deserves credit. Because after that opening press conference, Nick Sirianni was easy to make fun of. Right. Anytime that you blunder a press conference, people are going to, you know, make fun of you. And the reality of the people that are making fun of you, you know, anyone, the overwhelming majority percentage of people would struggle. Public speaking would struggle in that position because most public speakers get better as they public speak. Most sales guys aren't elite sales guys. their second sale of their career. They're way better 10 years into it. Well, if you've watched Nick Sirianni this year, and I have, I watched a lot of Eagles press conference, he's gotten a lot more comfortable. But you know what doesn't necessarily matter? If you're winning games, no one really gives a shit how your press conferences go. Everyone is attacking Joe Judge's press conferences. Him claiming that all these guys want to come play for him. These players that are going to be free agents on his own team are begging. You know why he has to do desperate stuff like that? Because his team's getting their teeth kicked in every week. Sirianni has just been comfortable in his own skin. He basically changed the scheme mid-year. He built it much more around Jalen's legs as the season went on because Jalen is not the best thrower of the football, but he also won a game with his backup quarterback who's a better thrower of the football. Howie also deserves credit on that. They have two quarterbacks, two starting NFL quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew would start on eight to 10 teams in the NFL right now, right now. And obviously Jalen is, you know, a pretty dynamic runner and, and he can throw it well enough that you can win with. So Sirianni and his young coaching staff have figured out a way to just win a ton of games. And yeah, he's taken advantage of the football team and the Giants. Well, the Giants were kind of a sexy pick to be decent. They've kicked their ass. And the football team was a team that a lot of people picked to be a wild card. Well, Eagles just swept them, beat them twice in the last three weeks. So I, I don't I, I think it's a very, very impressive year from Howie, from Sirianni, from the Eagles players. Um, to do something that most people did not think they were capable of doing. And then when you look at the NFC, obviously Dallas had a really bad loss. You guys know, I, you know, I talked some shit about the Arizona Cardinals, and I thought Dallas was going to win this game. And it was clear early on uh, that Dallas was just playing poorly. Uh, Arizona got up. And then Arizona made enough plays at the end of the game with Kyler running it to not give the ball back, and they, they won the game, 25-22. to Uh, but I also think it put it in context, and a lot of people dm me last week, like, Middlecoff, you're putting the Cowboys on a pedestal. It's football, right? Every week, you can change your opinion a little bit. One day, you can buy a stock. Two days later, it can tank, and you're like, I don't like this stock anymore. No different. One day, you can buy a stock, and it can double in value in a month, and you're like, I love this stock. You should be able to change your opinions. I can only go off what I watch. When you watch the Cowboys, even if they play the football team, And the pass rush and the players, you go, this team has a lot of talent. Now, do I trust Mike McCarthy? I do not. Is Dak Prescott the most trustworthy quarterback of all the top guys? Clearly not. But when you look at the NFC and when you're stacking them, there's no debate. They're the number one seed back-to-back years. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP, I think pretty easily, but you can never underestimate the media. Who knows who they're going to vote for? But he's going to win back-to-back, or he should. And their team, it's going through Lambeau again. They, to me, are, I picked them last year. I'm going to pick them again this year. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. These are just educated guesses. If I knew, I'd bet $100,000 on them to win. You know, but I don't. Nobody does. But they're, to me, the number one team, by far. And then Tampa, I'm just putting them at two, and we'll see how it all shakes out this week, obviously because of Brady, but their team is off. What happened with Antonio Brown? Godwin is injured. What's up with Leonard Fournette? The defense is not as good as it was last year. I mean, even their head coach is injured. He's got an Achilles injury. The only reason you're confident in them is because of Tom Brady. And as we saw against the Jets, he does—he can pull miracles out of his ass. I mean, he really can. How the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won that game, I know everyone's like, I knew they were going to win. I didn't. I'm watching it thinking, they're going to lose this game. Now, the Jets helped him out a little bit, but still, for Tom to drive him down the field... Hit that pass toward the end of the game, and then the one of the dudes that picked him off goes up to him for a uh, to get his uh, get the ball signed. It's hard to even blame that kid when you're that shitty. You know, I I don't think you can do that if it's like Saints, Tampa. But if you're on the Jets, a team that's drafted in the top five, I, I think you're allowed to do that. But when you look at the rest of the NFC, like the Rams, I saw a stat today in Albert Brewer's Monday morning quarterback. Matt Stafford has thrown four pick sixes this season. Jared Goff had four pick sixes in his career under Sean McVay. Matt Stafford, there was a stretch yesterday when he threw a second pick. He had gone 51 passes and thrown five interceptions. And I saw Bill Barnwell tweeted out like his season in the second half. It was a ton of picks. It was poor completion percentage. It was not that many touchdowns. He had four fumbles over that stretch. This guy is a turnover machine. It's everyone has a bad game. You're allowed to have a couple interception game. Peyton Manning's had them. Dan Marino's had them. I'm sure Montana had them, right? Y A Tittle probably had some. Terry Bradshaw, Kenny the Snake Stabler. But it's just week after week, and I some people like hit me on Twitter. They're like, he's still winning these games. To me, like they won 20 to 19, and I know I heard Coward today acting like talking about his fourth quarter performance. You're able to do that against a Ravens team that has a million injuries. They do that in the first round of the playoffs. They're playing the Niners, held the Eagles, the the Cardinals. Like you will, you can't throw two picks in a playoff game and expect to win. That's not possible. This is the level and the margin for error is so much smaller. So it's hard. I, I love Sean McVay. All Sean McVay has done since he's shown up in Los Angeles is kick ass and take names. And somehow, every coach gets older, fatter, gray hair. Sean looks fantastic. He does not look that much different now than he did five years ago when he took off the job. And we see how much being a head coach, being a CEO, being the president can weather you. Yet he looks great. It might just be L.A. He's got a beautiful fiance, big house that overlooks the hills. But still, Matt Stafford has to stress him out. Because Matt Stafford, he threw a pick six yesterday that the dude walked into the end zone. Like, that, that's... This guy's making $35 million. Hell, I was pounding the table. I thought I was telling them I wanted the Niners to go trade for him. When the Rams did, I applauded it. He makes me really, really nervous. But then I go, the Cowboys and the Cardinals, like, the Cardinals still, to me, look a little off. You know, obviously, they're a different team without Hopkins. I do not trust their coach. I mean, he's never coached in a big game. And I, I just... You can make all the excuses you want, but that's just a fact. He's... The playoffs... Like, it would be by far the biggest game he's ever been associated as the head coach slash play caller. And his quarterback, uh, you know, just doesn't quite look right. He's, he ran it much better yesterday. But to me, when I watch him play, I go, do I trust this guy in a huge game? But I say the same thing about Stafford. I'll say the same thing about Dak. So I, I don't even know, besides the Packers, to me, are the clear one. The Bucks I'd put right behind them because they got Tom. Those other three teams, I don't even know what to make of them. Like, I don't think it's inconceivable that the Eagles give someone a game. I, I think it's going to be harder for the Saints because I have a hard time closing my eyes and seeing Taysom Hill doing it. But if the Saints were to draw the Bucks, I'd go, why wouldn't they have a chance? The 49ers, I mean, they might be starting a rookie quarterback in like a forced start. Hard for me to close my eyes and envision them winning a playoff game. But if they can run the ball, if Bosa goes nuts, you never know. <laughs> you know, I, I think that first round of the playoffs in the NFC... You could see a wild card team or two upset some of these games, especially because the Rams or Cardinals, whoever wins that division, in closed environment. Weather plays no factor. Tampa Bay, be like 70 degrees. Dallas, dome. It's just, none of these are weather games. That's the difference in the AFC, Cincinnati weather game, Kansas City weather game, right? Uh, Buffalo weather game, New England weather game, whoever wins that division. That's not the case in the NFC. I mean, it's a, it's a much more sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> and then the Sunday night game. And if you've listened, I had some people DM me. They're like, you know, I, I, I agree with what you said about Brandon Staley. Cause I was hard on Brandon Staley because the media puts him on a pedestal. They treat him like his resume, like he's accomplished a lot. He was one year as a defensive coordinator. And as we see, like everyone who coaches for the Rams wins as a, as an assistant coach. So I I don't give him that much credit. And as an assistant coach texts me today about Brandon Staley, it's like, yeah, he's had a good pass rush. He's coached Khalil Mack, Vaughn Miller, and Aaron Donald. You know, now Joey Bosa. Like, yeah. I mean, me and you might be able to do that. I actually think of all the decent teams and good teams, no team in the NFL has underachieved more than the Chargers. That they are even in this game against the Raiders to win and get in is mind-boggling. The Raiders... Just had another DUI today, Nate Hobbs. Now his his agent denied it, but the Vegas police found the kid four o'clock in the morning, passed out on the honor ramp. Vegas taking down dudes left and right. If Mayock stays the GM or if they bring in a new GM, the number one thing I would say as a lover of Las Vegas, and as actually someone who can go there, I'm not the biggest drinker. I'm, well, I'm definitely not a late night guy. You know, I was asleep at New Year's at 10.30. Like, I, I, I actually, I do like to drink, but I like to drink during the day. I'm not a guy that's going to be out at 3, 4 in the morning. I get, I get too tired. I like waking up early. But the thing the Vegas Raiders need to do, you have to put an extra premium on the character stuff. Because there's just, it's, it could be, if you have money, hell, even if you don't have money, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Unlike basically probably every place in the country except like Miami. And even in New York, guys don't live in New York City. Dudes live uh, where they practice is on the outskirts. So the Raiders playing the Chargers to get in the playoffs, like the Raiders shouldn't even be here. The amount the Raiders have had to overachieve this season, their coach got fired email scandal. Their star wide receiver, you know, is going to go to jail for 20 years for killing an innocent person at three in the morning. Their other first round pick got cut because he had 17 guns threatening to kill someone. They just had another D.Y. They got an interim coach. I mean, they got injuries left and right. Darren Waller hasn't been seen in two months. And somehow they're 9-7. and Hunter Renfro has 99 catches. Derek Carr made the play of his career yesterday. And the Chargers, whose quarterback is a star. And their head coach has absolutely nothing to do with Justin Herbert. We saw Justin Herbert last year. Anthony Lynn kicked ass. We saw Justin Herbert in college with Arroyo, the coach at UNLV, who has won like one game since he's been in college, do well. This guy has overcome poor coaching. Brandon Staley, who is the defensive coordinator, has nothing to do with Herbert. Well, Herbert this year, only Tom Brady, who has 40 touchdowns, Matt Stafford, who has 38 touchdowns. He's tied for third with Rodgers and Mahomes at 35 passing touchdowns. That's the company he's in. Brady, uh, Stafford, Rodgers, Mahomes all won their division. Yet Herbert is playing a game against the Raiders just to get into the playoffs because his head coach's defense has been so abysmal. Like I said, they have easily, every single person I talk to in the NFL, defensive assistants, offensive assistants, general managers, my scouting buddies, you won't meet one person who doesn't think Herbert is a star because if you have eyes and you watch him, you go, God, I'd want this guy on my team. But his coach and their defense is a pretty big joke and is the reason that they don't have 10 or 11 wins. This game should not matter. The the Chargers should not be in this position, but they are. And to me, it's squarely on the head coach. And all the pressure in this game is on the Chargers. The Raiders have no business being here. If the Raiders upset the Chargers, and I don't think they necessarily will, even though I'm tempted to sprinkle a little money, they're already a three-point underdog. I don't know how we could ever look at Brandon Staley the same. And you'd be like, well, it's his first year coaching. First year coaching, he inherited Justin Herbert. I mean, that's that's who he inherited. Look at Ast LaFleur, got a first year, got Aaron Rodgers, boom, 13 games. So you can't make the playoffs. It was seven teams. The Raiders beat you in a winner-get-in game that have a team that's missing several guys, their head coach, that that would be pretty nuts. And it's it's conceivable, you know? Now Herbert might just be enough to overcome. Who knows? But the pressure on not just the chart, but Brandon Staley playing Rich Bisaccia, who was the special teams coach three months ago, and now he's done a pretty valiant job as the interim coach. It's really remarkable. The Raiders, hat tip to them. Hat tip to Derek Carr, because most franchises we'll get into a joke franchise usually crumble. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, and we t- I've, I've talked about bulky before. I can like I said the only interactions I've had with him, uh, he's never really been a dick or mean to me. And I know most people that, you know, talk about the NFL or scout in the NFL or coach in the NFL, they've had interactions like that with him. I have not. But clearly people are out to get the guy. And the coaching searches, people act like he's toxic. They don't want him. But their franchise right now is all going to surround and depend on the quarterback. They just drafted him number one overall. I had friends that did the SEC. They all said, this is the best prospect I've ever done. It was universal. He was the best prospect since Andrew Luck. He was one of the best prospects of the last couple of decades. When you get a guy like that, he should at least show some signs, even if you're bad. Peyton Manning's first year, they went 3-13. and You're allowed to be bad with a good rookie quarterback. That's, that happens. But they haven't been bad. They've been abysmal. I understand the Patriots are a good team. They beat them 50-10. to This is the National Football League. This isn't Alabama playing Weber State. 50 to 10, he leads the league in interceptions. His completion percentage in a league that is very pass-friendly, where I'd say 60%, or I'd say like 64% is the new 60%, he's 58.9. So he's inaccurate. He's turnover-prone. He's having a, a disastrous season. No matter what they do, if I'm the owner, and clearly their owner doesn't know what he's doing. He's on this team now for a decade. They have been consistently shitty. Think how bad you have to be. Like a lot of times, if you have the number one overall pick, more likely you're going to be bad the next year. But a lot of times you go like the number one, look at the Bengals. Last year they had the number one pick, or two years ago, they get Joe Burrow. Then the next year, Joe Burrow gets hurt in the middle of the season, and they end up with the fifth pick. Like that's that's The Jags are going to have the number one pick, you know, Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to have the number one pick again. That's one of the biggest indictments that what a laughingstock your organization is. And the Trent Baalke situation, the elephant in the room, who's to say that Trent Baalke knows what he's doing to build around Trevor Lawrence? Even though I've always defended him, what he did early on with the 49ers' tenure was better than it's remembered. He drafted Upati, he drafted Navarro Bowman, he drafted Kaepernick, he drafted Davis, the uh, the right tackle, who ended up retiring, quitting. Pick some good players. also picks up Alden Smith, who before he you know couldn't put down the sauce, had 17 sacks the second year. Uh, but you know, it's a situation where they have a quarterback that every team in the league that doesn't have a quarterback would die for. and they might ruin him. We've seen this in sports before. When you go to a team like Mac Jones, is Mac Jones as talented? is Trevor Lawrence or is talented? And when I when I say talented, obviously reading defenses and being smart that talent. Is he as physically gifted as those guys? No chance. But did he go to one of the greatest football situations in the history of America? Anytime Bill Belichick is your head coach? Yes. A place that's stable, a place with core guys that know how to win? Trevor Lawrence went to the polar opposite. He went to a place they only know how to lose. Everywhere you go, it just smells like losing. It looks like losing. You just just lose. That's all you do. That's all you know how to do. And then this year, when you tried to get out of it with Urban Meyer, it got worse. It got more toxic. Whoever they hire as their coach, Trevor Lawrence in his NFL career is going to have three head coaches in like three months, right? He went from Urban Meyer, who was fired a month ago. Then he went to Bevel as the interim coach. And then whoever they hire, be his third head coach. Like he was used to having, did they ever lose a staff member when he was at Clemson? Obviously his head coach and his coordinators never moved. I'm not sure they ever lost a staff member. All he was used to in college was stability. And now he goes to the Jags, this all-time great prospect. You know, in basketball, like when LeBron went to the Cavs, equally as big of a joke. One player can overcome it. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who the owner is. If you are great enough at basketball, you can overcome it. You cannot in football. And we have, we don't know because we never got to see them become guys, but we've definitely had guys that if they would have gone to the right situation, could have had success. But instead, they've gone to the wrong situation and they never did. And they just get kind of throttled out of the league. I think Alex Smith is a good example. And Trevor Lawrence is more physically gifted big time than Alex Smith. But forever, he was on the Niners team those first four or five years. Single Terry, Nolan, it was like the Jacks. And then Harbaugh came, and everything changed, and his career changed. And then he ended up getting Andy Reid, and he became a solid NFL quarterback. You know, I, I hope that's not the case with Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know how you wouldn't bet against the Jacksonville Jaguars screwing it all up, because all they do is screw everything up—the coaching, the players. It's—it's it's sad. It, it really—it's hard to be that bad, but somehow, Shad Khan has
1: pulled it off.
2: Roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash.
0: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com/Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com/Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Okay, let's do a little Middlecoff mailbag. I just saw a story actually before I'm recording this. Recorded this part a little before a uh, Monday night game. Caleb Williams, the uh, star star quarterback for Oklahoma, uh, who replaced Spencer Rattler, who was just a massive, massive recruit, five star guy, put his name into the transfer portal, but says he's still thinking about coming, staying at Oklahoma. Uh, just pretty nuts, you know. I don't blame him because he went there for Lincoln Riley, and so when Lincoln leaves, you know, what's he supposed to do? But like. Oklahoma because I, I texted a buddy who's uh basically a general manager for a power five program and they're probably you know not a top like 20 power five program but a, a good program they got some good wins uh I bet on him in the bowl game they let me down but this guy I I, I asked him what does he think like do you think he's just a lock to go to USC and his uh basically what he said was I think he'll just go to the highest bidder And it's going to be very, very. If he goes to USC, to me, nothing nefarious, nothing shady. I don't blame him at all. USC probably paid him a lot of money. Goes to Lincoln Riley. But I'd imagine Georgia will start sniffing around. Last time I checked, Georgia, they need a quarterback. (laughs) You you don't think Kirby Smart can rally up some cash? Get that kid about 500 grr? Get him to Georgia? Be like, hey, you want to win the Natty next year? I also think Oklahoma can go, hey, buddy, look at how much sweet firepower we have here. Now, it's an unknown head coach. Lebby, the new offensive coordinator, is coming from Ole Miss, who's supposed to be a really good coach, who just helped Matt Corral be really good, but it's going to be interesting. College football, just kind of wild times, man. But but it's hard for me to blame the guy for leaving. Love listening to the podcast. I'm listening to your episode right now about Utah and Ohio State, and you're talking about how bad our DBs are. Well, our starting DBs was like our second or third string running back still got roasted by their receivers – but thought you'd like to know. I, I knew that guy was a starting running back or was a running back that they moved to DB. Clearly, they had injuries. I, I understand that they're missing some guys. My, my point was to give Utah credit. Like, most of Kyle's teams over the last 15 years have NFL defenders. And, I, you know, whether it's injuries, I, I don't follow them that closely day to day. But obviously, they were missing guys. They had to put a running back at DB against Ohio State. But, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm a Utah fan. Big Utah fan. Fly, Eagles, fly. From most media outlets saying we would have three or four wins to clinching a playoff berth last night. He won't get it because of how the media was toward him, but as Nick Sirianni, Coach of the Year, if Vrabel gets the one seed, Mike Vrabel has to get it. Because Mike Vrabel won 11 games last year. He would win 12 games this year. When he went nine and seven three years ago, he won multiple playoff games. But Sirianni deserves votes. He's had a hell of a season. Um... yeah, I mean it's he's been awesome. Happy New Year. Fan of the show, refreshing alternative to the outrage factories. Arr, why are these everyone's so mad? It's like arr. it's like, no, you're not really that mad. <laughs> I don't think you really care. I you know what's crazy? Is and part of the reason I think maybe I sound different is because I'm like anyone, I'm a consumer of sports television historically, right? I, I consume newspapers forever. I haven't read a newspaper sports section minimum five years but growing up and even in the 2000s probably the early 2010s I, I read sports sections watched espn you you couldn't pay me to watch any of that stuff i just think it's all so fake i don't think any of these people believe what they're saying i mean and i most people i know don't like it either and you're talking to someone who literally dedicated his life to work in this profession who thinks about it who talks about it and i just think 98 percent of them are just so fake and maybe that's what they're being told. I've never worked at a major network. Obviously, I have zero desire to ever do that. Now, I think some of them are fucked. Uh, but yeah, it's just I, I don't get the. I, I can't pretend to be outraged if I'm not outraged. If I'm get worked up, I'm really worked up. But I never get worked up. Like I, I can't pretend to get worked up about Joe Judge. I, I just really don't care. Even though I thought his press conference was a little weird, uh, but I like I just don't care. You know. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay to be like, yeah, I don't care. But obviously you couldn't do that if you're on television. Blown away by Stroud and Smith. number I just call them number 11. As a scout, how do you see them as NFL prospects? Well, number 11 was outstanding. You know, you, you, you could have been my mom and noticed that. One, and again, like the first thing I usually go to is a negative on a guy because when you watch a top 20 prospect or top 10 prospect you got to look for well, what can't he do because you can see all the things he can do. Number 11's ball skills were incredible. He can get open. He can high point the ball. He can make plays with the ball in his hands. He's He wasn't running away from guys. He got caught a couple times. So he's not the biggest guy in his top end speed as an elite. But in terms of route running, in terms of getting open, in terms of playmaking, now I think Utah fans would say it was going against our you know second and third string defensive backs, but he was the best player on the field by a mile. Stroud is is just a pure pocket passer. It's a beautiful thing to watch. His accuracy, his poise, he's so composed. He's just a star. I mean, he's, he's legit. Now, you know, Mac Jones, Tua, I think this guy's more talented than those two guys, but he is playing on an all-star team. So it's always the balance of, this guy throws a beautiful ball, his accuracy is outrageous, I mean, his accuracy on some of these balls, on the go routes, even on deep crossing routes, hitting guys in stride. So it's, it was eye-opening. But the NFL is a lot more difficult than that. So that's, I think he'll be, him and Bryce, um, you know, top, top five picks next year. I think it's pretty clear after watching this weekend that Will Anderson would be the number one pick in this year's draft because there's no quarterbacks. Will Anderson is better in Hutchinson. Will Anderson is better in Kayvon. Will Anderson is Micah Parsons, but maybe even a little better. He is a, he might be one of the best players Nick Saban has ever had, but he's not draft eligible. So next year, Will Anderson will go pro. And listen, I, I I'm cool. Like I said, on Monday's pod, if you want to opt out, opt out. If you want to stay, stay. And I said, I think Will Anderson's, you know, if they win the national championship, Will Anderson will be an All-American multiple times. He'll have won multiple national championships. There's literally nothing else for him to prove. The only thing he can do is get injured. Now, you can always work on your craft. Iron sharpens iron. The reason you get better at Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson is because you're playing against the best. I think it was the one argument on the dude that went to Jackson State. Though the bigger picture of Jackson State is Deion ain't going to be at Jackson State in a year or two. They're going to leave and, and Hunter will go with them but it's hard to improve. Like, it's easy to improve in the NFL because you're going up against other pros. Depending on your school, I remember when I got to Fresno State and we had Ryan Matthews, no one could tackle the guy in practice. I mean, it was... I remember coming from Cal Poly, like, holy shit, this is Division I football? Now, granted, Ryan was one of the best players in the country, but it's like, if he... You know, he ended up getting drafted, you know, top 15, but ultimately, my point is, he's just... When you're when you're at USC in their heyday, you're at Alabama, you're at Georgia. It's just so much easier to get better. And you know Will Anderson, like I don't know what he does. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him for not playing. But the big the reason Jamar Chase and Sue and all those guys and Parsons didn't play is because of COVID. If that hadn't happened, they would have played. And if Micah Parsons would have played his junior year and looked like Will Anderson, Micah Parsons ain't going. Where'd he go? Twelfth? Eleventh? He went twelfth. Yeah, because. Fields went 11. Devontae Smith went 10. He went... And he went 12. I mean, he's probably going... Who knows? Three? I guess the quarterbacks went three. Pitts... I, he, I mean, how would the Falcons take Pitts over him? A pass rusher? That guy? Maybe he goes four overall. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that... I. I don't, I don't have the right answer for this, but, like, the NFL has some sort of thing. Like, if you're Will Anderson... Or even C.J. Stroud. If I'm going to be a first-round pick, I every general manager fills out a survey, said, so this guy's a first-round pick, this guy's a first-round pick, I'm allowed to go pro. It's like a waiver. Because a couple people said, well, why don't they just opt out? Well, what if the guy doesn't want to opt out? Ideally, he'd like to go pro, but it's not available. Instead, he wants to play football because he's good at football, keep you know, kicking ass and taking names. Like You want to do things you're good at. When you're good at something, it's fun to do that. Whether it's personal or professional. Like, it's not because it's easy, but because we like having success at what we do. It's human nature. I I think a guy like Will Anderson should be able to go pro because he'd be the number one pick in the draft. And I'm not for, like, most sophomores in college should not go pro. But Will Anderson is a fucking exception. He is. Holy moly, did you watch that guy? Now, most people, if you're listening to this in the South, you've watched him all. The guy is. I've watched a lot of Alabama But, I mean, you're really watching them these last couple games. Looks like Lawrence Taylor. (laughs) I mean, Nick, where does he find these guys? I'll tell you, Georgia. I looked him up during the game as I was drinking my sorrows away because I bet on Cincinnati like an idiot. But imagine that. University of Georgia couldn't even keep Will Anderson from Georgia. As a Viking supporter, wondering what you think the team needs to do to take the next step. We managed to lose the Lions and get taken to overtime by the Panthers, yet beat teams like the Packers and the Ravens. Also if you ever make it out here to Australia, come play some golf, drink some beers, I would love to. I went to New Zealand when I was uh, younger with my dad. I was like thirteen. It was really fun, but I you know, I was thirteen, so I was you just we fished and ate ice cream. I remember the place uh, they had the first ever bungee bungee jumping was invented in New Zealand on this bridge. and I told my dad maybe I was twelve and you had to be thirteen to do it. And I told my dad, if he rented a car, we had to drive two hours. I would jump. I would do the jump. He's like, okay. So he rents a car. We drive to the bridge. I walk over there. I see these dudes riding bikes off it, doing backflips. I, I, I'm i buckling up. I tell the guy, I lied. I'm only 12 years old and they didn't let me jump. It was uh, It was the smartest thing I've ever done because I wasn't going to jump off that bridge. My commute to work's easier. As a Pats fan, how or when should I know if Mac is the guy? What does Bill Belichick need to see to know if Mac is the guy of the future? You're way ahead of yourself. You have a rookie quarterback who led you to the playoffs. I think you just live year to year right now. Try to, you know, add some wide receiver talent this offseason, improve the offensive skill, guys. I guess you have good running backs. You got a couple tight ends. You need some better wide receivers. And Mac can just be a better player. He's already proven like he's fine. Like if, if you have a top fifteen quarterback and you have Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels as your head coach and offensive coordinator, you're going to go to the playoffs. <laughs> you know, you you just are. So I I think to worry about if he's going to get a Mahomes contract or like be the guy for ten years, I I would just enjoy it. This sounds cheesy and cliche, and I'm going to try. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. But I have been very cognizant of like, you hear this a lot from successful people or just people that are happy in life about being present. Coaches harp on this. And I'm terrible at this. But I think if sports fans, especially if your team's solid, was just present. And it's hard because people like me, we like talking about big picture. It's fun. But just be present and just enjoy having Mac Jones, having a great rookie season, helping you guys be a big time franchise again. I think it would make it a little more enjoyable than worrying about, like, he's not Josh Allen or Mahomes or probably even Herbert. Well, he's definitely not Herbert or Burrow, but there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, you can be, he can even if he's like Alex Smith of his generation, he's got Belichick. As long as he's got Belichick, you're going to win. I'm from New Hampshire native, born and raised. Also, this is the same question. If, you're, if you haven't seen Granite State, I don't mind being a tour guide, scenic golf, beautiful lakes, $5 lobsters in the summer. Shit, Mike, that sounds great. I've actually never been never been to Boston. I've, I've never been to the like upper northeast seaboard. Farthest I've ever been, I think, is is New York. I went to the city a couple times when I lived in Philly. In D.C. a lot. So I kind of stayed in that area. The New York, Philly, D.C., Hoboken. I went to Hoboken once for uh, St. Paddy's Day. My buddy, actually, he now works for the Chiefs. I went with him and some of his buddies. It was badass. Now, we were... He's probably a year or two younger than me. We were probably, you know, 26, 25. It was pretty sweet. Hoboken, St. Patty's Day, highly recommend if any of you young cats need a place to go the next couple of years over St. Patty's Day. It was fun. I remember puking when I got home the next day. I actually I got lost in Hoboken and my phone died. It was a bad deal. I ended up sleeping in this random guy's penthouse apartment because he kind of... Fa- I, I, I lost my buddy. Uh, I ended up making it into like the concierge kind of area, but the, guy had, the concierge guy was gone. Super nice building right by the water. You could see New York City. I started sleeping on the bench. This guy with his girlfriend came home. They woke me up because they were wasted too and invited me up to their sweet pad. I slept on his couch. I actually took off or even got up. But... You know, simpler times. I guess there was the internet back then too. I mean, this would have been like 2011. My phone legitimately died in an area where I didn't know a soul. Mailbag question: Does this week's matchup between the Patriots and the Jags have any importance of McDaniel's potentially leaving to be the next head coach of the Jags? Well, obviously they beat him 50 to 10. I, I just I can't see Josh McDaniels working for uh, working for Trent Baalke. Like I, I don't even think that's an option. He would not work for Trent Baalke. So unless... I, I don't know what the Jags are going to do. I, I think Trent Baalke is clearly a detriment to uh, to their coaching search. We'll see how that plays out. But it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Love the perspective on the NFL in life. What do you think about uh, Lynch liking that Jimmy tweet? Happy holidays, my man, and appreciate the grinding content. Well, you know, I think you can accidentally like something on Twitter pretty easily. I don't think that is... That outrageous! If any one of you has a Twitter account, and someone like John Lynch, I can't even imagine what their mentions. And when I when you hear the word mentions, it's basically when someone just links you in a tweet. So a guy like John Lynch, who's the general manager of one of the biggest brands in the league, there's a chance he gets fifty thousand mentions on a on a game weekend. So maybe he's scrolling through accidentally likes it. I also think. Listen, I. You know, we've, I, I wouldn't say I, I don't know him very well at all. I, if I text him, he will text me back. Uh, he's a high, people I know that know him, love him. I, I don't think even, I, I, everyone was thinking that. When Jimmy had the game, we all thought, I, I tweeted, I would leave Jimmy in Nashville. <laughs> but, and John had to think that too. He, he, if they lose this weekend, Jimmy Garoppolo ruined their playoff chances in that game. They, they should have won that game by 10 points. Instead, they threw two picks and they lost it by three. Like, that game is the reason they're not officially in the playoffs right now. If they had beat the Tennessee Titans, the Eagles and the 49ers would be playoff bound. It would be over. Game, set, match. But, you know, you could argue, I think Belichick would tell you, what is the point if you're a head coach, if you're a GM? Why, why would you have a Twitter account? Now, John worked in the media and he's a social guy. I, at the end of the day, they draft Trey Lance, they gave up three first round picks. Who really gives a fuck what Jimmy thinks at this point? Like, Jimmy's been paid $125 million. Like, Jimmy got paid for everything. He got every penny, whether he was playing or he was injured. So, overall, I don't think that much of it. I actually thought it was kind of funny. Mailbag question. If the Raiders win out, will they make the playoffs? Yes. Obviously, this was before this weekend. They them and the Chargers, for all the marbles, all of the pressure is on Brandon Staley and Herbert. But Herbert's already played a really... Herbert's had a fantastic season. Herbert has played a season where they should have 12 wins, yet his coach and the defense has let them down. I cannot put a season where he's thrown as many touchdowns as Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I just can't. I, I have to blame the coach. Dan in Pittsburgh. Join instant just to ask you a question. The babes have distracted me, but here I am. It can be in a distracting place. You can go down rabbit holes of uh, people that would get you in trouble with your significant under very fast. I'm sitting here locally hearing about how Tomlin should go. Too much of a player's coach. What does he really do? His message has gone stale, et cetera, et cetera. I know nationally he's held in great regard. I personally am a fan. Great winning percentage, never losing season. Players want to play for him. Love his Tomlinisms <clears throat> at the podium. Wondering your take on if he ever realized he has no coaching tree. Always hear about the Walsh, Parcells, Holmgren, Belichick coaching trees. Cowers guys got plucked away regularly. We've not had a coordinator sought after that I can think of. LeBeau doesn't count. He was a legend before Tomlin was born. Ha ha ha. I just, that was funny. Ha ha. Wondering your take on what it means for Tomlin. I'm recording this part before Monday Night Football, but let's face it, it doesn't really matter. I think Mike Tomlin's pretty good. Okay, let's say... Let's say you fire Mike Tomlin. Who are you going to hire? Do you know what would happen to Mike Tomlin? I think three or four teams would be lined up to hire Mike Tomlin. I think Joe Judge would get fired so fast for Mike Tomlin, your head would spin. If Mike Tomlin was relieved of his duties, I think the New York Giants would immediately hire him. I guess the Bears would probably be very interested as well. I don't think he'd go to the Vikings, though he's coached there before. I just don't know how you upgrade. Now, you could argue that's the wrong mindset to have. You can't always think like that. But that's how I'd think in this scenario. Like, they've been pretty competitive the last couple years with no quarterback and old-ass Ben. What's he supposed to do? I'm a fan of the Arizona Cardinals. What do you think they need to do to get to the next level? I think if they would have stayed healthy this year, they would have been a mother, right? I mean, J.J. Watt, he was playing awesome. Now, he gets hurt a lot, so you can't really be that shocked. Hopkins, he also gets hurt a lot. But they just need Kyler to be more consistent as a passer. If he can be consistent as a passer, they're pretty deadly because they do have a ton of skill guys. God, I got to get a lot of questions here. Not a Browns fan, but can you let Coward know that his Baker criticism is tired and that available quarterback talent is and will be thin? Can't see them moving on from him unless they want to unload talent for somebody. Yeah, I mean I just they're just going to play out the spring, the string. He'll be the quarterback next year and they'll just take it year by year. Like I said, be present with your team. They they don't have many options. They will sniff around the options that are available. And if an Aaron Rodgers, if a Russell Wilson becomes available to them, they would kick Russell uh, Baker to the curb, of course. Deshaun Watson, I think they'll be in on that as well. Now, I don't think they're going to get any of those guys. So, I think Baker Mayfield will be back. But I think every Browns fan will admit even if he's healthy you don't look at him quite the same you just don't so if 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 you don't as a fan what do you think the head coach and the GM do that did not draft him i know you don't touch on college football that much but curious to get your thoughts on the college football semi bowl schedule wouldn't it make sense to schedule these games new year's day and not new year's eve seems like ratings would be higher having everyone hung over and watching at home during new year's day compared to 12:30 on New Year's Eve game time. You know, you'd have to ask a TV executive because the Rose bowl has always owned New Year's day. So when there's a rotation, like when the Rose bowl and the sugar bowl get the playoff games, I'm pretty sure they play those games on New Year's day. I think it just matters on the rotation of the bowl games could be wrong. Need to get J boy, uh, on this little detective work, but I'm pretty sure if the Rose bowl hosts one of the semifinal games, the Rose Bowl is played on New Year's Day with the Sugar Bowl or with the uh, the Peach Bowl, or whatever the main bowl. I guess it's the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, I, I'm getting my bowls. There's so many bowls going on. There, there's a bowl game on Tuesday with LSU. It's hard to keep up with these bowl games. But the Rose Bowl, I love the Rose Bowl. I really do. I've been listening to you guys for years. Keep up the good work. I know you're a sucker for the money and management side of football. And with the off season looming for several teams, I'm curious to know with which organization you would have the most fun trying to rebuild if you were hired on as a GM. My gut says you'd pick the Raiders given your history of Fresno State, Derek Carr, and previous broadcasting experience with the team. Thanks. Uh, wishing you happy holiday season. I Yeah, I mean, I'm a West Coast guy. So the Raiders, Vegas, I love Vegas. I gave I've always said this about Mark Davis. He's not a meddler. Like when he hired Gruden, he let John Gruden do whatever. When he hired Jack Del Rio, he let Jack Del Rio do whatever. So if he hires you, you get to just do whatever you want. Now, it would just you know, Derek, <clears throat> Derek's a top twelve quarterback. Is he ever gonna be a top five quarterback? He was pretty good when they had Ruggs and Waller early in the season. Now, I think the most intriguing, if you're like a true, true kind of football junkie nut. If Shad Khan would hire you to be the GM, let you hire a coach and not and leave you alone, it'd be interesting. Now, the the Jags brand, I would never want to be the GM of the Jags. That sounds shitty. If you're the GM of the Raiders, conference or the division just feels more important. You play the Chiefs. Now the Chargers with Herbert. I'm trying to think. The Bears would be intriguing. I really like Justin Fields coming out, watching him. But it's the Chicago Bears. I would say the Bears or the Raiders. But I'm a sucker for big brands. You know, I like a I like a big city. I like to matter. And in Vegas, obviously, if you're the GM of the Bears, you really matter. The Raiders, you'd have to prove your worth. You'd have to uh, get people interested. But it's a it's a show-me town. And when you're doing big things in Vegas, people will care. So it'd be Vegas or the Bears for sure. Appreciate everyone hitting me up. Uh, have a good week. Adios.
0: The volume
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.